I'm the one, bitch, I am the one. Like Keanu Reeves, get it done. Yeah, I get it done. No blood on the leaves. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 24th podcast, best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I thought we would come in a little bit hot, a little bit heated. To be honest with you, I'm hot and heated right now. I'm I'm very ready. Very excited to get the podcast going once again. Once again. Going to be talking about the Broncos and their dysfunction. Let me write it down because I didn't write it down. It was one of the only things that I wrote down in my journal. I didn't write down. I got to write it down. Broncos dysfunction. Going to talk about it. Also, we're going to be talking about dra- uh, draft stuff. Kyle Pitts, Gregory Wusso. A lot of great stuff, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of NFL. We'll open up with something that I'm watching right now. I'm watching something very interesting. We'll open up something very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Right here. 24th podcast. Children, it's the one eight hundred guy, but my door's suicide. Yeah, I'm too alive. Bitch, I have arrived. Everybody know I'm one hell of a guy. I ain't trying to fuck your girl. I'm trying to fuck your mama. Fuck the dr- Okay, so I'm not gonna lie to you. <clears throat> I have uh not watched a single second. Well, actually that's a lie. I've I've had had the uh the NCAA finals on for you know a little bit. A little bit. Watch some NCAA finals uh, stuff. Excuse me, NCAA finals. I like I've watched. I haven't watched any March Madness. I've had it on in the background, but I haven't really seriously watched it and tried to study it and stuff like that. Just because it's like I, I'm not really that into March Madness and stuff like that. But then it's like the women's Final Four came on, and you know, I'm like I have like I got to get back into basketball because the NBA Finals is gonna. The, the NBA playoffs is going to, you know, kind of is going to happen within the next couple of weeks. So maybe not the NBA finals, but the playoffs is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And I kind of wanted to start getting back into basketball again. And it's like I'm watching two, two great games. I'm not going to lie to you. Two great games. I'm watching. Uh, I first I watched Stanford versus South Carolina. Great, great basketball game. Terrible ending, in my opinion. Uh, By the way, the refs, terrible. Both games, Stanford versus South Carolina, Arizona versus UConn, terrible referees. I don't know why they aren't fired yet. Uh, For some weird reason, I'm I'm watching Arizona versus UConn. First half of this basketball game, they're calling nothing. They're just letting players foul each other, and they're not going to call it at all. Second half on, like, one of the first possessions, they just blow the whistle. It's like, that's more times that you've blown the whistle in the entirety of the game, uh, in the first couple of seconds of the first half, or uh, not in the first half, in the first couple of seconds of the second half. It's like, I, I like now the game is going to be a little bit more tight because the referees are like, we're looking ridiculous not calling some of this stuff. We probably got a phone call from the uh, from the commissioner or from the referee committee. I don't know who the hell they got a phone call from. They got a phone call saying, you guys better wake the fuck up and start calling some of these calls because these girls are slapping each other in the face. Better start calling some of these calls, or else we're going to have to fire some of you. How's that not a travel? I don't know. But I'm watching some, I've, I've watched some pretty fantastic basketball today. I was kind of surprised. I was surprised. And first and foremost, I don't know how women's basketball works when it comes to leaving college and going to the WNBA. I thought it was just one and done, like in the NBA. I, apparently, it's not it at all. I think you have to go through a certain amount of time to get to the 
WNBA or whatever. But um, I talked about how I liked this girl, Paige Bukers. It's not her name. I listen to all games on mute, by the way. All sporting games. That is also women's uh, basketball. Her name isn't Paige Bukers. It's Paige Beckers, even though it is spelled Paige Bukers. But, yeah. All right. Watch this girl, Paige Bukers. Beckers. Pop off for UConn. They always have a great, great group of gals there. And I was like, oh, she's awesome. I love her. And then it's like, you know, I started to watch around the, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, some of the games today. And then it's like I'm watching this like five foot seven, five foot six, maybe five five girl who's an absolute monster on the court. She is literally like Stephen Curry. Like the swag that she's got, the way that she plays, how she acts. I mean, she's five six, five seven. She knows she's five six, five seven. She doesn't care. I mean, I just saw her try to box out a sinner on one of these possessions. Apparently, she's, like, one of the only women's basketball player that, like, in the in the national tournament has averaged, like, not average, but has, like, games over 30, two games over 30 points. She's probably about to have a third. She had 15 points, by the way, in the first half. It's, like, 41 to 29 against UConn. Arizona is getting, abs- is absolutely destroying UConn right now. They've absolutely shut down Paige Becker's. I mean, AP Women's Player of the Year, first freshman to do it. They're shutting her down. They're putting her on solitary confinement. They put her in a penitentiary. They made sure she's locked down. They have done everything. I mean, she has 11 points, six in the second half. The second half just barely got started. But it's still 41 to 31, Arizona. It's all Arizona all day. And it's like this girl, I think her name, Ari McDonald, Freaking, I mean, she's doing everything right now. She's doing everything. She's distributing. She's passing. Her jump shot is as quick as a whip. I mean, and she's got that Steph Curry swag. She, I mean, like, she doesn't even wait. She doesn't hold the follow-through. She shoots it. She has a quick release. Bang. She she shoots it. She runs to the backcourt. She runs all the way to the, to, she runs to play defense. She shot almost a logo shot like she was Steph Curry. I couldn't believe it. I was like, hey, well, like, what am I watching right now? How have I not heard anybody talk about this guy or this guy, this gal, Paige, not Paige Beckers, this other gal, Ari McDonald, five foot five, five foot six guard, is essentially the next Stephen Curry. She has dummy handles, by the way. She also, for frick's sake, man, I mean, her, her, her freaking, her handle, dummy handles. Quick as a whip release. And it's just, I mean, I mean, she's killing UConn right now. Absolutely. And she's also a ball distributor. Again, like Stephen Curry. An absolute pest. And I, I mean, she's just pissing off people, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's one of the weirdest things I saw today because I saw, you know, I was like, I was excited because I was like, oh, oh, because I, I saw it on my, you know, on my TV listing. I was like, oh, you know, UConn's playing tonight. I'll watch UConn. And then they're talking about all these girls on Arizona. And I, I don't care about Arizona from like one. She shot. I think she had six of the nine first points for Arizona. This girl, Ari, Eric McDonald. I don't have a WNBA team. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have one. I thought it was going to be the San Antonio 
whatever affiliate. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, so I was just like, oh, I'll just rep San Antonio. But then I was like, hey, I'm not really that big of a fan of the San Antonio women's team. I was like, I'm like, I was like, whoever, wherever Paige Backers goes to, I'll I'll be a fan because I'm a fan of hers. But then I was like, you know what? This girl, this other girl, Ari McDonald. I'm like, let me see which WNBA team she goes to. Maybe I become a fan of them instead. Boy, is she so much fun. She and I talked about it. I think like a year or two ago, it, it was definitely in 2019 as I was watching, like I was talking and it all started with this girl, Haley Van Lee. It all started with her and this documentary that I watched on like, uh, on like teenage basketball players that were like, that were like playing in the Olympics, right? For the United States and how dominant they were. And it's like all of, all of that team the uh, the women's teenage basketball team like played in the Olympics and now they're all like essentially college players right they're called they're all college students the uh, one one of the best players for South Carolina she's a college uh, she was on that Olympic team I think and also Paige Beckers of course and Haley Van Leaf and they have this documentary about Haley Van Leaf and it's like oh I, I know all these girls because I saw them play in the uh, the women's Olympics and I was like holy shit man they play like they're in the NBA. You know, and it's like as somebody who watches a lot of NBA, it's it's different watching the NBA versus the WNBA because it's just, you know, how they shoot, how they like, like even how they handle the basketball is different from the NBA. And then it's like I see this like young new generation of basketball players come in and essentially like they're going to freaking destroy what the WNBA is currently. It is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic to now, like, I, 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 I kid you not, man, it's, it's fun to watch women's basketball. I probably would not have told that or said that a couple of years ago. It's actually fun. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm having fun watching this. This is a lot of fun. It's still low scoring. I mean, it's four, I don't know how, how many points the guys score. It's like during the third quarter, it's 41 to 31, but I was like, I'm having a lot of fun. This looks like NBA basketball. This looks like, you know, men's basketball. This looks exactly like it. They're handling is similar, especially with Ari McDonald and Paige Buchers. Their shots are are, are, are similar. Like, I, I remember a couple of years ago, like, when you watch, like, WNBA players shoot the basketball, it looks completely different from how, like, any basketball player in the NBA shoots. It was like, that's incorrect. There's some of that going on, I'm not going to lie to you, in this game, but it's not with Ari McDonald. Like, again, Ari McDonald, literally her release, her, like, her quick release literally is like Stephen Curry's. Which is something that I don't necessarily say all the time, but it's like literally like that. And now the refs are just calling everything, and it's like, hey refs, um, maybe don't call anything in the first half, and then call everything in the second half, because it makes you guys look severely incompetent, and it's really, really hard to judge how the game is going to be played and things of that nature when you don't call calls in the beginning of the game, and then you call calls in the in the second half, and you're really, really finicky with your whistle. Grow up, get better, stop being BSed. Or not stop, or stop BSing around. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> so, that's what I've been doing for the last couple of hours. I've been watching uh, Arizona absolutely destroyed UConn right now. They still are up by 10 points, by the way. Still up easily. Easily, by the way. I'm more fascinated. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of more fascinated 
with this basketball game, then I kind of end with my topics on the podcast. But uh, it's like 1046, and they still have what it's like two minutes, 56 seconds left in the quarter. And I knew I was like, I, it, I, I knew it was like time is kind of winding down for how late I can do or how late it, it can get before it's like, this is ridiculous. 24, hey, 24, can we get the podcast? Can we get the podcast, 24? Like, yes, you can. You can get the podcast. By the way, My Hero Academia, excited for, supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out today. Um, it's coming out tomorrow. Cannot wait. Uh, I'm I, Like, I hated the last, I didn't hate last week's episode. It's just disappointing that essentially it was a recap episode. It was supposed to be titled Episode Zero because it was a recap episode. It's like, I didn't need the recap. I needed the, uh, the new episode. Thank God we're finally getting a new episode for My Hero Academia because I want to see some new shit. I want to see fucking Midoriya do some awesome shit. All right, let me take a look at my water and then we'll officially get started. Paige Beckers is not happy with the calls. Um, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm. I'm with Paige. I'm like. I'm not happy. Like. Like they just had a um had a foul against UConn when uh when an Arizona player was driving. Paige Beckers is not happy at all. Uh, I'm not happy at all. I don't like the refs. Uh, I think like like like, like I, I, to be honest with you, the refs have been terrible all tournament long. I have no idea how any of these uh, how how any of these officials have jobs going forward from here. But they'll find a way to keep their jobs. It's like I could do their jobs. I could just jog around the court, stand up, and stand there as a donut as I watch everybody get fouled, and then not call it, and then call fouls on literally everything else i can i can do that and except i won't cost you like tens of thousands of dollars i'll do it for free i'm doing it for free right now i'll, I'll do it for free mm, excuse me jesus christ ari mcdonald was working on Paige bukers and sweet lord almighty is she like i think she was projected to be the eighth overall draft pick this year uh, she may be the first. She's stupidly good. Like, I, like, like I, I kind of talk about it sometimes when I talk about like college players, college football players. Um, like I talked about um, who's wh- what's an example? Like um, Devonte Smith, right? Like how and now I gotta see that again. Is Paige Bucher's Becker's shaking her head? Yeah, she's pissed off. I mean, she's not excited. She's uh, irked. Yeah, they're like, like, she's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you guys don't call fucking anything in the first half, and then in the second half, you're calling everything. I agree once again with Paige Beckers. She's not happy at all. She's also having a bad game. Which also leads to the frustration as well. But, oh, wait, Ari's on a fast break. She's looking for somebody. Nope. Fast break is over with. Everybody was trailing. Find somebody. Never mind. Anyways. Sorry about that. Um, you know how, like, going back to the Devontae Smith analogy, you know how, like, Devontae Smith essentially looks like a college player, not a college player, like an NFL player when it comes to his ability to create separation? He looks like he's a professional athlete playing up against, um, a uh, like, like, college players. Like, if I took, for example, uh, DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Justin Jefferson or, or uh, Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams, like any top wide receiver – in the NFL, and if, then I, if I put them in, like, Alabama garbs and uniforms and stuff like that, that's essentially what Devontae Smith looked like this year. He looked like a professional athlete playing up against a bunch of college students. 
And it's like, it's kind of what it looks like right now. It kind of looks like this girl, Ari McDonald, is a professional athlete playing up against a bunch of college students. So, again, pretty awesome player. Uh, again, we're transitioning to the NFL. Hold on. Gotta unplug my computer. Hold on. Wait a second. I gotta do it again. Two, two more seconds. on its battery. All right, I'm back. So, <clears throat> kind of have some stuff that I wanted to cover over the last couple of days, but I got super tired and didn't record the podcast in time, and I stayed up until like one o'clock recording podcasts. I'm trying to get better, but I also like, I, I had a lot of stuff to cover. So, one of the things that I kind of terribly covered in the last couple of uh, days was Justin Fields, right? And I played some some clips and things of that nature, Oh, Jesus. I got a clip of Matt Nagy throwing out the first pitch at, I think, Ringley Field. That's what it's called, right? It's out with the Cubs. Kind of a backstory on why I'm, like, on why I got, like, a bunch of, on, like, why I'm even watching this. Uh, before I get started on Justin Fields, I saw, like, both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's interviews today their media avail- availability co- press conferences. So essentially what that means, media ava- availability, essentially it's like it's um, it's a way for the media to ask questions to the coaches kind of in the offseason. It's something unscheduled or not unscheduled. It's, it's because the reason why there's that press conference, the media availability press conference, is essentially because there's nothing really weekly going on. It's kind of like a checkup. There's nothing really weekly going on. There's nothing really scheduled. There's no reason for the media to contact or interview the coaches or ask questions to the coaches. So this is kind of like a reason why, you know, like they make a reason for the media to talk to the coaches because there's no football games going on. There's, um, you know, free agency is kind of over with or done with or it's just starting. When and where the coaches talk to the media and when the, the coaches are available to the media depends on the organization. But just know it kind of happens around this time of the year, mid-March when the new league year starts, around like early to mid-April. It can last for a couple of weeks. And um, everybody hated them. Every Chicago Bears fan hated Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And uh, essentially every single person has like, every single Bears fan has essentially agreed that this year is a wash. This is, this year for the Bears is done and over with. The Bears are a franchise that's essentially a joke now, and essentially they're waiting for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace to get fired. Now, let me kind of talk about this. I I don't know. I don't know. Ryan Pace has been the GM for the last six years, and he has admittedly made some pretty good decisions with the Bears as a GM and those decisions kind of in line with the defense and getting Khalil Mack, for example. So that's kind of one of the examples of like, you know, and also Akeem Hicks and I think Kyle Fuller before they released him and Jalen Johnson, he's gotten, 
he's gotten some good picks and made some good decisions when it comes to the defense. However, on the flip side of the defense, you have the offense and they've been a disaster. I mean, if they could essentially have a team that's as good on offense as they are on defense, they would essentially have won a Super Bowl by now, to be honest with you. Because they have a bunch of awesome players on defense, and their defense is super efficient, and it's one of the best-ranked defenses in the NFL on a biannual or biennial basis. I mean, they're, they're a top-tier defense every single year for the most part. By the way, another... I, I know we kind of were like, I got to transition from talking about Ari McDonald because I can talk about her all night. Um, but, but this is one of the final times that I'll talk about Ari McDonald. She's essentially played every single minute of this game. Like, no, no fooling. She's had very, very minimal breaks. And if it's a break, it's maybe one series or two. And then she's back on the court and playing again. She's played essentially the entirety of the game. So, her stamina is freaking otherworldly. Considering that, like, she's still running around. She's sometimes full court pressing. She's sometimes trying to box out centers, trying to get the rebound. I mean, she's doing it all. She's doing it all. And now they're just trapping her at the top. At, not even at the top of the key, really. Almost at the logo. Because they're just like, yeah, you won't shoot threes. You won't jack up threes against them. And going into the fourth quarter, UConn is down by nine points. So, Ari McDonald, phenom. Let's see if Arizona can kind of keep this league. Or lead, excuse me. Paige Buchers. Damn it, Beckers. Frustrated beyond belief. Back to the Bears. I apologize. So, the Bears, right? Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, everyone kind of agrees that this is a, a wasted season. Andy Dalton is the uh, the starting quarterback. I don't really have much to say about that beyond um, it's a terrible decision and uh, they, they should really try and look into options of, for example, getting a, another quarterback. But nobody wants to make a deal with the Bears who are drafting in the 20s. And somebody, I remember, what was I watching today? I was watching, I believe it was chat sports the chicago bears version of chat sports which is like a youtube channel that has somebody covering uh somebody covering like a team so there's a chat sports for dallas there's a chat sports for the bears and i was watching that the the bears uh chat sports and somebody had asked the question essentially like or maybe had made a statement is a better way of describing it essentially they had said that the bears would have been in a better position overall if the bears had lost more games than if they hadn't been in the playoffs. And I completely agree with that because the reality is the Bears, they're in a terrible position drafting-wise. They got absolutely destroyed in the playoffs. And now uh, they need a quarterback. They can't get a quarterback. They need help on the offensive line. They can get like the third or the fourth best offensive lineman, which isn't really that bad. But they're not really in a position to have a lot of options when it comes to the draft. And I think they're kind of restricted salary cap wise which is why they kind of let go of Kyle Fuller regardless the Bears are kind of in a shoddy situation in a shoddy spot all based on their own fault and on their own you know premise I guess I, I don't know really how to describe it so the Bears are screwed because it's <clears throat> because it's their own fault and then on top of that the worst thing is they were just useless and boring to watch in the playoffs it was terrible to watch the Bears in the playoffs they were horrendously bad in the playoffs I mean, I think they only scored three points against the Saints, and it was it was literally the the it was wild card weekend, 
and it was like the worst game besides the the uh, the Rams versus the Seahawks game that I saw. That I was like, wow, this game really really sucks. Bears versus Saints. I mean, if you ask me, which game would I rather? I I mean, it's it's close, man. Like I I I, w- I would probably say like which game I would rather watch: the Bears versus the uh, the Saints or the uh the Seahawks versus the Rams that wild card weekend I would probably go with Bears versus Saints and that's only because Nickelodeon had it and they had all of these cool graphics and effects on it that made the football game interesting to watch just because of, again once again the, the effects but I mean my god were both games terrible to watch I mean it was it was bad it was real bad so the Bears because of their their position in the playoffs because of where they were, they don't now have a, uh, a top pick. They don't have a quarterback, which they needed a quarterback to go up and get a top pick, or not a, a quarterback to get a top pick. They needed a top pick to go out and get one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. And they don't have the draft capital unless they want to trade away one of their better players to be able to go out and get, for example, a, um, a Justin Fields, a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance. But even then, you would be essentially resting Trey Lance, or not resting Trey Lance, but you would bench Trey Lance and um, and wait for him to come back next year. And you really don't want Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy here. And it's kind of like one of those things that I'm like, you know what would be really, really awesome? And some people may dislike this. Some people may like this. I kind of thought about this a lot. I was like, and I think I said this. I'm going to say it again. I'm like, if you're the Bears, you're kind of in a perfect position for firing your head coach and your GM. If I was the Bears, I would look into hiring Will McClay. Will McClay is the guy that's in charge of Dallas's drafts. Dallas has the most pro bowlers um, drafted by their team in the last 10 years. They're great at drafting pro bowlers. Oh, yeah, UConn just got another turnover via the, uh, the officials, and their head coach is fucking steaming right now. I don't think UConn is going to win this game. Oh, Paige Buchers. Oh, no, she didn't travel. Oh, that's a bad call by the refs. Oh, yeah, the refs are fucking this game up. They're fucking this game up. UConn just had their 10th turnover today. Like, Paige Buchers had taken one step with the ball and threw the ball on her, like, as she was about to take her second. And the refs thought that that was traveling, and ball doesn't lie. UConn turns the ball over. Or not UConn. Arizona turns the ball over on their next possession, not scoring a single point. Refs are terrible. Get them out of the league. Back to the Chicago Bears. But essentially, if I was the Bears and if I was the Bears owner, the Bears owner isn't very smart. But uh, if he was smart, he would have fired both of them by now. But the Bears, if I was the Bears owner, I would have fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace by now. But uh, the good news is, is that you get to fire them next year. And then you get to hire potentially one of the best candidates, in my personal opinion, for GM in Will McClay. And then you also get to hire Eric Bieniemy because people are fucking idiots and they're degenerates and they didn't hire him this year. So you get potentially two of the hottest candidates uh, in the NFL right now when it comes to GM and head coach. And you now get to put them up with whoever you drafted this year or maybe because the, the reality is I, I wouldn't mind it if the Bears with their second round pick get Kellen Mond and or Davis Mills. Hopefully it's Kellen Mond because he seemed he his his play style his archetype his attributes seem to fit Chicago and the NFC North better than a Davis Mills who's kind of like a pocket passer and who 
isn't necessarily as big and as strong and as sturdy. If I was Kelly, but he but he plays like a similar play style to Mitchell Trubisky, which may be the turnoff to some Bears fans. And oh no, Paige Bukers is down. What's going on? Hold on, I got on meet my TV. Yeah, she's down. Hopefully she's okay. Again, this is not a good day for UConn. Oh yeah, she's getting up now. All right, that's good. It's the future of the WNBA right now. WNBA commissioner is like, fuck, we got two of the best players in the WNBA and uh, one's down. Can't let that happen. Oh yeah, by the way, let me speak directly to the WNBA. Hey, WNBA, are you watching what's going on today? Did you watch what's going on? Are you watching Paige Beckers? Are you watching Ari McDonald? I just want to make sure. Are you watching? What's the what's number four for South Carolina? What's her name? I wrote her name down. I got her name. I think her name is Ali Boston. Number four. She's the center. She's one of the dom most dominant centers uh, in, in, in college basketball right now. Hey, can we... Can, can we market our game and start showing off their highlights? Because they got some highlights. They got a lot, especially that girl, Ari McDonald and Paige Beckers and Ali McDonald or Ali Boston. Can we make sure we put their highlights when we're advertising the league? Can we make sure that we that when we show our players, I didn't even know Larry Bird had a daughter, let alone that she played in the WNBA for almost 10 years. I didn't even know that. I would have watched WNBA like six, seven years ago. I was like, wait, Sue Bird? Larry Bird had a daughter and her name is Sue Bird? And she's married to Megan Rapino. Shout out, power couple. Jesus Christ. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's like the future of the WNBA. I'm, I'm watching it right now. I'm like WNBA. Can we market better, please? And thank you. Jesus Christ. Anyways, back to football again. Sorry, it's just. Today was a great day for basketball. Awesome day for basketball. Back to what I was talking about. Uh, the Chicago Bears and their absolute travesty right now with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And, but, the, but there's positives. There's, there, you know, there's silver linings to everything. There's, you know, the reality is the Bears, they're in a prime position to get people that can actually do their fucking jobs. That's the reality. And you still have Khalil Mack. You, I think, I think they, they asked or, or they gave... Oh my God, I just saw Ari McDonald post up freaking Paige Beckers, who's like six feet tall, and freaking have a pull-up jumper like it was nothing. I'm telling you, she plays like she's like six foot three, six foot four. Oh my God, she fearless, absolutely fearless. NBA, WNBA, are you watching this game? Post it up, post it her up. She said, I'm, I'm, pay, I'm Paige Beckers, AP Woman of the Year. You don't know my name. I'm going to freaking Muhammad Ali you. And you'll, at the end of the night, say my freaking name. I'm Ari McDonald, NBA, WNBA. You better track me number one overall. That's what, that's what Ari McDonald just said. She just, she, she said it non-verbally. She said it with her play. It's 51-41, by the way. Six minutes left. UConn isn't winning this game. Anyways, as I was saying, Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, in good position once you fire them. I'm, I'm interested to see if the owner will actually fire 
the uh, moron number one, moron number two. Very interested. Very interested. Because if they don't, it's not my problem. I'm not a Bears fan anymore. But if they do, hey, you can potentially hire some really, really good people. But um, at the same token, it's like, I don't think the Bears owner is very competent considering that he hired these two very incompetent people. And keep in mind, he hired Matt Nagy when Eric Bieniemy was still the offensive coordinator. And it's like, it's it, like, it, it's, it, it fucking doesn't make any, Ryan Pace did it. It's like, it doesn't fucking make any sense. It's like, hey, Bears owner, wake the fuck up. What's going on? Why aren't you hiring better, good, 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 good freaking GMs and, and freaking coaches? I don't know what's going on, but you got to figure it out. You got to fix yourself, not the fans. It's not the fans' fault that you suck. You better wake up. Wake up because you're a joke. You're a joke. The Bears are a joke. They've been a joke since you and your family have retained ownership of it for the past 100 years. Joke. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing it. So, yeah. Um, I they're, they're drafting. Let me take a swig of my water. They're drafting 20th overall, the Bears. I don't know who you get. I've 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 pulled up some mock drafts. Let me let me kind of. I was reading the NFL Network's mock drafts. Let me see what what they have the Bears doing at twentieth overall. They one draft has Gregory Rousseau. <laughs> one draft has Gregory Rousseau going to the Bears. That's that's a bust right there. He's not even a first round player. That's Zerline. Uh, another mock draft. Where, who did the Bears have? Oh, no. The Bears traded, and they went either up or down. Hold on. Let me figure it out. The Bears, they traded up. They got Mac Jones. Makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you. Shout out. Who is this? Chad Reuter. His other rounds, I saw his entire four-round mock draft. His other rounds, yuck. Cynthia Freeland. Let's see what she has. <clears throat> Bears, 20th. I think she actually has a good player going to them. Yeah, Greg Newsom, the second. That's a good player. No quarterback, though. But they can get another quarterback in the second round. But the question isn't that they can get another quarterback in the second round. The question is, uh, does Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy keep their jobs if they take a, a if they lose a whole bunch of football games and essentially do, do nothing? Probably so, because the Bears' owner is incompetent. And then um, Adam Rank has the Bears getting Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, one of the best. I like it. I like it a lot. The fact that somebody had Gregory Rousseau going to the Bears is a joke. So you have like a corner, an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, and I think another offensive lineman. I think. I'm not sure. Regardless, it's not a very good outing for the Chicago. <coughs> Excuse me. For the Chicago Bears. It's not a good outing. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. <clears throat> but, you know, it is what it is. It's one of the many, many reasons why I'm not a Bears fan anymore. Because, good God, are they terrible. And they are terrible decision makers. All right. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> so, kind of moving on from the Bears, let's talk Gregory Russo. So, Gregory Russo, edge rusher out of Miami, opted out this year to everyone's non-surprise because before entering, before the 2020 season had started and people were, you know, and, and we didn't know if college was going to be canceled or not for the NFL, not the NFL, the college football season, uh, players were opting out. They got the choice. He opted out because he was like, I'm the best. I'm the projected number one overall favorite. Then people stopped looking at his statistics and started to watch his tape. People that I trust, they said he's not, he should not be the number one overall projected player. He is overrated. And I trusted them. <clears throat> trusted them for months. In comes in his pro day. And he tests like hot garbage. He was terrible. I saw his pro day. Everything that people were talking about with him. The explosiveness. I didn't see it. He ran a fast 40, but essentially in every other state. His vertical was his vertical is terrible. And it's like when you watch Gregory Rousseau, I don't even watch him, but when you like watch all of these like mock drafts and how they have like, I don't know if they're a couple weeks out. Again, we still got like four weeks, four or five weeks until the actual draft, you know? So it's like we got time. People got time to make the correction. It's like the fact that like people are still not necessarily on the up and up about Gregory Wuzo and how people are like, yeah, he's still he's still a t- he's like one of the top edge rushers. He like I remade my uh, <clears throat> my top ten players board over the last couple of days, top ten players at their respective positions. I think he's like fifth or sixth. No, he's not even that. Where is he? He's like. I think he's my 11th player. He's my 10th player at his position. He is behind. Hold on. As I turn my page back. He is my, he is behind Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, Jason Away, Quiddy Pay, Ronnie Perkins. Turns page. Joseph Osai, Joe Tryon, Carlos Bashab, Quincy Rose, and then there's Gregory Rousseau. Hold on. There he is. It's like one of my, he's my 10th edge rusher in this year's draft. And people are still like, yeah, he's the number one overall pick. Or not overall, but he's like in the first round. He's the first edge rusher off the board. I'm like, no, he is not. And it's like, he is Taco Charlton bust waiting in the wings, ladies and gentlemen bust waiting in the rings if any and it's like and when you compare not even compare but when you like add on his tape his opt out which he just you know he didn't improve he's essentially the same guy the tape the opt out his pro day it's all adding up to i mean just bad statistics but people are like we had him high on his board and other people had him high on our board on their boards, so he must be a high-valued player. We got to draft Gregory Wuzel. Otherwise, somebody else will, and they'll take him. It's the exact same thing that you're going to see on, on with Caleb Farley. Hold on, let me let me talk about Caleb Farley. How far did Caleb Farley fall? As much as I think that he has 
the talent, as much as I think that he has the athleticism, as much as I think he also has all that stuff, him also opting out and him also being hurt is not a very good thing. And considering that he was hurt, not even in the season, he opted out as well. He was he got hurt himself, not in the season. Where is he? Where is Caleb Farley? He is my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth cornerback, similar to Greg Rousseau, who's my 10th edge rusher in this year's draft. Um, who, the players that I got ranked in front of him, Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, Greg Newsom, Eric Stokes, Karen, Calvin Joseph, Aaron Robinson, Asante Samuel, Elijah Molden. I mean, we're talking a significant amount of players that I just have over Caleb Farley because I'm like, I trust those players more than I trust Caleb. I, I don't know what the opt-out situation is going. He, I could be completely wrong. He could be the next great football player in the NFL. I could be wrong. But it's like the fact that he opted out, he's hurt, he's injured, all this stuff. And then he gets hurt in a non-contact part of the season. And then he has to go in for a, a back. I think the term is a dissectomy, not a vasectomy, a back disectomy. Is ridiculous to me. And again, it's the same thing with Greg Rousseau. It's like, that's way too, I've seen, I've seen people taking him with the Jets, like 20-something overall. I'm like, that is incorrect. He should not be going to the Jets in the 20s. He should be going in like the third round. I mean, I get it. High talent, high, high talent, highly talented player. But you haven't seen him in a year. He's extremely raw. He hasn't played in a year. Stop counting it twice. My bad. And he's hurt. I, like, he couldn't even participate in his pro day because he was hurt. So it's like, <clears throat> I just, I mean, some of these guys, man, are going to fall significantly and rise significantly. You're going to see, again, Farley and Greg Rousseau, they should fall significantly. And when you can, and if, I swear to God, man, I, I, I think I saw Mel Kuyper and Todd Archer have, have Rousseau like super high, like one of the best players in their draft. It's like, dude, like he's a third round player. Same thing with Caleb Farley. They're way too risky. I just, I'm, I'm like, all right, you guys want to take Caleb Farley? You guys want to take Greg Rousseau? You guys want to risk it? When there's literally players that are either on the level, because I mean, let's just be honest about it. If Caleb Farley was Jalen Ramsey, he would still be a first-round talent. He would still be a first-round player. But there's significant question marks about him because he's new and green to the position. Same thing with with Gregory Rousseau. They all are, you know, players that are new to the position, but they haven't played in a in a, in a couple in a year. And then there's like glaring red flags. It's like all of this just just does not equate to you know, security, in my opinion, for the player. It's not like I'm like, all right, all right I got I got to get one of these guys because I, I feel like I'm missing out on one of these guys. I Like, if you miss out, if you pass up on Kyle Pitts, it's like, oh, man, we're missing out on a guy. We better we better have a response. We better have, you know, a, a, a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. If we pass up on Kyle Pitts, we better have a response. 
or we better have wide receivers on our team or tight end on our team. Like I wouldn't mind it if, if for example, a team like let's say if Tampa was in the was in was in the top ten. Well, actually, I don't know about that because maybe not Tampa. What is it? Uh, Kansas City. Let's say Kansas City was drafting in the top ten, or not in the top ten, but in the top five, and they had an option to get uh, Kyle Pitts. I'd be like, yeah, get you know, not uh, not Kansas City, but I, I would be like, yeah, don't get Kyle Pitts. You got Travis Kelsey. Hell, you probably should get another wide receiver. And if you are going to get Kyle Pitts, you should double up a tight end. You should have Kelsey and Pitts on the field. There should be a response is what I'm trying to say. Even if you take them. If you, if you don't take them, then the response should be Jamar Chase instantaneously, Devontae Smith instantaneously. Simple as that. Well, it's like, you know, got to have responses. Got to know what you're doing. Got to have options. But circling back to Rousseau and Farley, it's like, they're not Kyle Pitts. They're not, they're not Jamar Chase. They're not the top player at their, at their position. They're not a, a once-in-a-generational type of player. And I put that in air quotes because it's like, we don't know that because they haven't played a snap in the NFL. I love it whenever people are like, they're not once in a generational or they are a once in a generational type of player. That's why you got to get him. It's like, we don't know that. We know that. So, in the case of both Gregory Rousseau and Caleb Farley, my stock on them is, I, I sold my stock. I'm, I think they're third round players. I would love to have them in the third round. If you were to act, like tell me like high risk high high reward like extremely high risk like essentially they're busts versus like you know high floor types of players where it's like yeah they're they're not going to be busts but we don't necessarily know if they're high ceiling type of players in the sense of they they could be once in a generational type of players it's like listen man you know when you go into a casino and you know your bookie your sports better you know ask you just blanketly over under in a lot of situations you always take the under you always lowball things because usually things don't happen the way that you want to because everybody wants to project everybody wants to project positively everybody wants to have things their way and everybody wants to you know everybody wants things to happen in a positive manner especially for their football basketball baseball teams they want things to be positive they want to believe that this miraculous once in a generational type of thing will happen and it doesn't Bet with the house, bet the under. I'm like, I don't know if Kyle Pitts will be a once in a generational type of player. I don't know if he'll be a Hall of Famer. I don't even know if he'll, I don't know if he'll be even be a good player. Actually, I know he'll be a good player, but I don't know like all this other additional stuff that they're putting on him. Like he's a once in a generation guy. I, I don't know about that, but I do know he'll be a good player just based on the ability for the tight end to just be an automatic mismatch against linebackers and cornerbacks and I mean like, like let's just be honest they have not figured that position out if I cloned Kyle Pitts if I had four of him or three of him, yeah four of him on the field like th- one in the slot two outside one in line defenses would like would be like how the fuck do we cover four Kyle Pitts's you know it's like because they haven't figured it out whereas if you put four wide receivers on the field it's like yeah we, we can cover him we can be a nickel you mean dime? You can be in, you know, these 
these mass coverage coverage I guess I don't know coverages I guess I don't I don't know the proper terminology in it but we can put more DBs on the field is essentially what I'm trying to say whereas that's not the solution for if you play against tight ends because it's just like the quarterback will just be like oh I just have to throw it up top just have to go over the top run a seam route catch the ball just reach up like you're a forward in the NBA or in high school or college. Just reach up and the DBs will have to jump on every single play to try and contest the basketball or the football. Excuse me. I'm still watching Arizona versus UConn. It's a five-point game, 55 to 60. 123, yes, left in the basketball game. Arizona, full domination. UConn has to foul, but they're going to get uh, – Arizona is going to always find the ball to, uh, to Ari McDonald. Paige Bukers just hit a – Big time three, by the way. She's, you know, she struggled this game, but she's battling back. She's fighting back. She says, this shall not, we will not go quietly into the night. Got to respect it. Love it. Going back to uh, the NFL. And uh, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, Kyle Pitts and coverage and stuff like that. And uh, But again, it's like, you know, like again, tight ends are an extremely hard position to cover. They haven't really been figured out yet in the NFL, especially the receiving tight ends. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard to pass up on some of these guys. And I was kind of doing some simulations today. And I was kind of like thinking to myself, I was like, okay, you know, everybody keeps on talking about how Dallas can essentially get Kyle Pitts or not even can get Kyle Pitts. If they do, not if they do, excuse me, but if Kyle Pitts falls to the Dallas Cowboys, should they get him? And I was like, let's slow our roll here for, for a couple of seconds. How exactly would Kyle Pitts fall to the Dallas Cowboys? And um, then we can talk about if Kyle Pitts, you know, will be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And I, can't, I kind of ran some simulations. I, I ran so many, I, I kind of forgot how many. Essentially, the common theme that I always saw, and I, at first I thought that it was, okay, Kyle Pitts... Essentially, to get Kyle Pitts at first has to be Patrick Sertain is going to be drafted fourth overall. That's essentially the start. That's not the finish, right? But then I was like, okay, Kyle Pitts, or not Kyle Pitts, but Patrick Sertain has to go to Atlanta, who, who's the fourth overall draft pick, right? Atlanta is drafting fourth overall. So Patrick Sertain has to go to the Falcons, fourth overall. And then essentially Dallas will get Kyle Pitts. That's kind of the first thing that I ran into. But that's not necessarily true. Essentially what has to happen is four teams kind of have to be involved and they have to play, you know, the game that Dallas wants them to play. First, it has to be Atlanta. They have to just straight up pass on them. They have to go out and get a quarterback or an offensive lineman. So Rashawn Slater, Pania Sewell, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, etc etc Zach Wilson maybe probably not because I doubt he falls to them at four but they have to figure out a way for example to get to to not figure out a way excuse me but Atlanta has to actually pass on Kyle Pitts and they have to then get somebody else right so Atlanta will get let's just say Patrick Sertain boom he's off the board and this is kind of where things kind of fall positively for Dallas in a couple of different ways. And I'll explain kind of, I'll, I'll just explain it right now. So essentially, <clears throat> if Atlanta just gets some random, if, if Atlanta takes Patrick Sertain, right, Dallas more likely than not will get a really, really awesome player 
and Rashawn Slater or Pania Sewell because then it's like, all right, Cincinnati, who probably should have gotten Pania Sewell, will then draft Kyle Pitts, and then maybe the uh, the Dolphins will draft maybe maybe Rashawn Slater, or they'll more likely than not get Jamar Chase, and then you'll kind of have Detroit, Carolina, and then the Broncos all kind of vying for maybe another weapon with Detroit and Devontae Smith, and then eight and nine are going to be drafting quarterbacks, right? So, and then Dallas will get Rashawn Slater, and then boom, you're fine with that, right? <clears throat> but then it's like, okay, well, let's say Panillo Sewell doesn't go like uh, like sixth overall to Miami because remember, Kyle Pitts in this situation would go fifth overall to the Bengals and fourth overall would have been Patrick Sertain. So Bengals, they get Jamar Chase. Uh, the Dolphins, they get Kyle Pitts. Then Dallas will fall. Uh, then Panillo Sewell will fall to Dallas and Dallas will get um, Panillo Sewell or Detroit can get him if they like Pania Sewell, or they can get Rashawn Slater, right? And then Dallas would just take whoever's left. So it's like, <clears throat> regardless of, kind of like regardless of what happens, you know, with Kyle Pitts, if Patrick Sertain goes fourth overall, it's like, bang, watch what happens when Dallas is up at 10th overall. Because Dallas will then be able to get a whole bunch of really, really awesome uh, football players. I was about to say basketball. I'm still watching this basketball game. 64 uh, Arizona, 49 seconds left. The uh, the head coach of Eric Zell of Arizona keeps like putting her hair in a uh, in a ponytail, and then she doesn't have one of those like one of those things that girls put on their hands, those hair bands things that they would like put their hair up in a ponytail. I don't know what it's called. I'm not a girl, but it's like she keeps on messing with her hair as if she's going to put it in a ponytail, but she's not actually putting it in a ponytail. And it's like I can see she's very very stressed. But going back to football. So, <clears throat> essentially, if Patrick Sertain gets taken at fourth overall, that means that Dallas will get an awesome player. More likely than not, they'll get an, an awesome offensive lineman or they'll get an awesome, um, or they'll get Kyle Pitts. But essentially, the simulation that I kind of constantly, not the simulation, but kind of like the way that I found that Dallas was able to get Kyle Pitts is if essentially the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 8th picks don't get them, right? So that is Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. If they don't get them, then he'll he'll automatically fall to the Dallas Cowboys in, like, almost every situation that I ran. Maybe not every situation, excuse me, not every, not every situation, not, maybe not every situation, excuse me, every situation that I ran. It was... Kyle Pitts would immediately fall to the Dallas Cowboys if he was not taken at 4th, 5th, 6th, and 8th. And the reason why that's important is the first three teams that are drafting 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, the Jags, the Jets, and the 49ers, all three of those teams are looking for quarterbacks. So Kyle Pitts is just not even in their radar, right? Some people are like, the Jets are going to take him for Sam Darnold. Apparently, Jets are trying to trade tra Sam Darnold, and they're only able to get like threes as... Kimberly Martin kind of reported uh, teams are like, yeah, we're, she talked to some GMs apparently today or yesterday. And she was like, yeah, GMs are telling me that they wouldn't give up more than a third round draft pick for him. And uh, that's probably why the jets aren't going to trade Sam Darnold because nobody seems to want him that much. So <clears throat> jets, they're probably going to draft a quarterback second overall, not Kyle Pitts. So we can kind of eliminate the jets, the Niners 
and also the Jags from the Kyle Pitts running, right? Now, kind of continuing forward with the Kyle Pitts running. This basketball game is going on forever. I mean, there's like, there, there was 40-something seconds left, 46 seconds left. They have taken off nine since like me going over situations because they just keep fouling. And it's like UConn is trying to get back into the game. It's 65 to 58. And it's like they keep trying to get back into the game and they keep trying to have hope. But it's like, I mean, good, like, like, I, I mean, they're, they're fucking trying, but it's like, good God, man. I mean, it's, oh God. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the game to be over with, but it's like, it's not over with. They keep freaking playing. They keep fouling. And some of their players are in like severe foul trouble because of how, uh, of how liberal the, uh, the refs are with the whistles. So it's like now it's like some of their players are fouling out. So they got to find more players to sub in to try and foul the Arizona players. So that way Arizona and everybody in the stadium is standing up because they're like, UConn's only down by six points. 34.8 seconds left. So again, um, stressful times. <clears throat> yeah, everybody in the stadium for Arizona is standing up because they're like, we could potentially beat UConn. And UConn fouled the worst shooter on Arizona. It's 25. It's the girl with the uh, the janky free throw. Or not the janky free throw. The uh, the janky jump shot. She was... Uh, not very good. Um, <clears throat> oh, she actually nailed one. Okay. Making it a seven-point game. All right. UConn better push it. They, gotta, they better go now. They got 30-something seconds, and Arizona will not foul. They cannot have these long-lasting freaking possessions and I mean they took off 10 seconds themselves and oh yeah 19.5 seconds left UConn's gonna lose this again again going back to uh to football what was I talking about again how Dallas could get Kyle Pitts so talked about fourth we talked about how the first three picks are essentially uh quarterback only uh picks and then fourth fifth sixth and eighth they're all the picks that you kind of have to worry about if you're Dallas and you want Kyle Pitts because those positions all want and need offensive weapons and or offensive linemen in other positions, and they could definitely be swayed into, for example, drafting Kyle Pitts. For example, Atlanta, they don't have, like, they may not necessarily like Hayden Hurst. In fact, they probably don't like Hayden Hurst as much as they like Kyle Pitts. And they may lie to themselves and say to themselves, all right, if we get Matt Ryan a tight end, then we're just fully loaded. And we may be able to compete with Tampa because we got Julio Jones, who's coming off of an injury. We got Calvin Ridley, and we got Gage, and we got Matt Ryan, and then we got Kyle Pitts. And we're golden, and we kind of suck, and we need help, and we need uh, an attention seeker, not an attention seeker, excuse me, and it's somebody to draw attention to the football team. So we got to get somebody. We got to get somebody, and that somebody will be Kyle Pitts, and people in Atlanta will maybe probably not watch our football games because we suck and nobody in Atlanta puts up with that crap. So they'll um, so they'll come and watch us and watch the big boy Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Maybe. That's what, they're, that's what maybe they can do. They may lie to themselves and say Matt Ryan can still play football. I don't think so. I think you should get another quarterback. And to be honest with you, it kind of – aligns perfectly well with Justin Fields who you know is uh is from the University of Georgia who a lot of people in Georgia really really like Justin Fields 
So you could probably see a lot of people in the stadium from Arizona are standing up. 20 seconds left against UConn. UConn doesn't lose a lot of basketball games now. But a lot of people from Georgia, she sink, they fouled 25 again, and she sinks another free throw again, making the uh, the game a uh, an eight-point game. And then Arizona steals the ball, and then they're going to get the two. Bang. Making it a 10-point game, ball game. UConn has 11 seconds left. That sucks for Paige Beckers and UConn, but congratulations to Arizona, especially considering how dominant UConn is. Yep, that's ball game. Anyways, like literally ball game, like the game's ended, and Arizona is like freaking out about it. Anyways, by the way, congratulations, Arizona. Shout out UConn. UConn, still one of the most dominating college basketball programs in the entire country. Shout out Paige Beckers. Didn't have a good game, but, you know, that happens. It's all right. Arizona. Big shout out. Big shout out, Ari McDonald. Big shout out. <clears throat> but, you know, it is what it is. Shit happens. It's not that big of a deal. They'll be back. They're UConn. Anyways, um, back to what I was talking about. With football and with Kyle Pitts. So, once again, we talked about the scenario with Atlanta and how Atlanta can lie to themselves and say that they don't need Kyle Pitts. The reality is if Justin Fields is there, which more likely he will be there fourth overall for Atlanta. I don't think, I think Atlanta would get freaking the, not Atlanta, excuse me, the Falcons. I always refer to the Atlanta Falcons as just Atlanta, as just Atlanta. So I have no idea how, the Atlanta Falcons stay in Atlanta and play in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, everybody, like, all the girls, hold on, I gotta listen to this. Like, all the girls for Arizona are, like, cheering on, are, like, hyping up the crowd and stuff like that because Atlanta just, not Atlanta, damn it, Arizona just beat UConn, one of the best, like, sports dynasties of all time and the National Semi, which I think is their third or fourth year that it's happened. And everybody from uh, from Arizona, the crowd representing Arizona, is, like, freaking out. <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting basketball game. I'm going I'm to tune in. I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get – it's Easter Sunday. I got to get my food prepped because I'm going to watch Arizona play up against Stanford in the, uh, in the NCAA Women's Championship against Stanford. It's going to be awesome. Mm. So, as I take a swig of my uh, my water here. So, going back to, uh, to Atlanta here with Kyle Pitts, but more importantly, Justin Fields. Again, I don't think that the Atlanta, Fal- that the Atlanta Falcons can stay in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia. Without taking Justin Fields, there is there will be a revolt. People will renounce their uh, their their fanship. They will renounce it if they see the writing on the wall. Everybody's like uh, Matt Ryan's one foot out the door. He's uh, he's on the decline. I have no idea how they can even convince their fans that Matt Ryan is like their starting quarterback past like next year. I have no idea how they fucking do that, especially when it's like. You have a dude that played for, for Georgia, who, in my opinion, is one of the best quarterbacks in this year's draft. Hold on. They're interviewing Ari McDonald and the head coach for Arizona. Hold on. Hold on. 
Ari McDonald, future absolute superstar in the WNBA, being interviewed. Good God, she's 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 so short, but she like doesn't play like she's short at all. And again, plays like Stephen Curry. And it's like I literally was like I before I got on the, to the podcast, I was like literally like. Um, why aren't we running our offense through Ari McDonald? I want her to take more threes. I wanted her to, I wanted her to shoot more. I was like, take more threes, take more half court shots. You know, just get, she should be the primary distributor. Like just let Ari McDonald do everything. So Ari McDonald, absolutely, absolutely fantastic job. And they're being interviewed right now. I'm watching the interview. I'm like, I don't watch a lot of post game interviews. This is a fun basketball game. Shout out Paige Beckers. Still love her. Still an awesome basketball player. Again, she had a bad game. Some people are going to be like, did Paige Beckers deserve AP Women all uh, of all uh, of the year even though she lost when she got the award? It's like, of course she did. She was awesome this year. It's like, like, come on. She played a bad game. It happens. It's just one game. It's not her entire career. Like, come on. Still one of the best basketball players, you know, in college right now. Ari McDonald is just the women's version of Stephen Curry. So, <clears throat> anyways, back to uh, Atlanta and how they should take Justin Fields over Kyle Pitts and helping Dallas try to get Kyle Pitts. So, once again, hold on. Hold on. All right, I'm muting. All right, I'd, I'd, like, I, as much as I love this basketball game and I love that team, I'm like, I'd, I got to I gotta get through some shit. Like, we're already an hour in. And I got plenty more stuff to talk about here. Or do I? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, do I have some? I'm like, should I say some of this stuff for Saturday? I'm like, no, just get it out. So um, anyways, uh, I was I was talking about Atlanta. Again, Justin Fields from, I don't think he's from, I don't think he's actually from Georgia, but he played in Georgia. And it makes like logical sense that you would take one of the best quarterbacks like, it's like the stars are aligning. It's like he's one of the best quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft. He's literally one of the best players. He's one of the He's been one of the best players in college football. I was kind of down on him last year, not down on him this year. He's one of the best. He's a first-rounder, all that good stuff. Draft him. Draft him, draft him, draft him if you're Atlanta. If he falls to you and you're Atlanta, Christ alive, take him. Don't even hesitate. It should. Don't even make this a long decision. Don't take any phone calls. Shut all the fucking phone calls off. Rip out the the, uh, the 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 phone cord. Rip it out from your phones and throw your phones in the garbage. The only phone call that you should be making is to Roger Goodell, and you should be telling him, "Hey, Rog, uh, we're taking Justin Fields, quarterback, out of Ohio State." And tell him, and you, and the only other phone call there should be two phone calls: one Roger Goodell, one uh, 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 Justin Fields. You tell Justin Fields, "Hey, Justin, bring your ass down to Atlanta, Georgia. Save us from the the absolute fallacy that we've become." And do you want to know what happens immediately for Atlanta? Want to know what happens? You essentially become one of the best teams in your division. In a year to two years, maybe three years. Do you want to know why? Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest football players of all time. He's gone. He's done. He's retired. Tom Brady, he's winning right now. He's 43, about to be 44 this year. Give him a year, two years, he's gone. He's done. He's out. Greatest of all time, retired. Carolina, mess. Don't know what they're doing at quarterback, but they're not getting Justin Fields. I was thinking about it last night when it came to the double-edged sword 
of uh, of or maybe not the double edged sword, excuse me. But when it came to like taking away something, it, it it's playing shoji, right, or Chinese chess, where if you capture one of your opponent's pieces, you get to use it against your opponent, right? And it's like that's kind of something that you have when it comes to um, when it comes to drafting Justin Fields, because now it's like ah crap. We now don't get to take Justin Fields if we're the Carolina Panthers and use him against Georgia. Can you imagine if Carolina would get Justin Fields? Can you imagine that? And now he's playing twice a year against Atlanta. Can you imagine? I, like the poetic injustice that would be committed against Atlanta Falcons fans after the 28 to 3. I mean, that's been, I mean, that's on t shirts, 28 to 3. I got to buy one of those t shirts as well. 28 to 3. The Super Bowl loss to the New England Patriots. The lack of Super Bowls, all of the, a lot of Hall of Famers, the I mean, let's just be honest. Julio Jones' career has been wasted in Atlanta. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, he's he's essentially one of the greatest wide receivers of the last decade. And I mean, he's just I mean, he his career has been wasted in in uh, in in Atlanta. And then now, whoever they would have at number four overall, besides Justin Fields, it's like, well, crap. Now they would then, the Carolina Panthers would now salivate at the opportunity to get Justin Fields at number eight. Can you imagine that? The amount of poetic justice that would be served. Dude from, I don't know, where, hold on, let me just look up where he's from. Is he from Georgia? Is he from Georgia? Let me just look it up. If he's from Georgia, the poetic justice, or more specifically injustice that would happen, if a dude from Georgia would play against Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, of course, in Carolina twice a year for the next decade plus, I mean, it would be, it would be like living in purgatory. Oh my God. He must be from Georgia, right? Oh yeah, he is from Georgia. He's not, he's from Kennesaw, Georgia, He's, he's not from Atlanta, but he's, I mean, again, dude from Georgia, I think, I think he's an Atlanta Falcon. I think, I, I think we can kind of scratch off the Atlanta Falcons drafting Kyle Pitts now. It would be disastrous if they, if they had Justin Fields up, and I think he will be there at four overall. If they had Justin Fields at fourth overall, and they passed up on Justin Fields for Kyle Pitts, and then he goes and plays for Carolina for 10, 15 years, and is an absolute nightmare against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, just a disaster. Disaster. But I think he's going, just based off that he's from Georgia, he's actually a good football player. He's a great football player. He's from Georgia, played in Georgia, then went to Ohio State, then became a beast in Ohio State. I think he's going to be a Georgia, damn it, not a Georgia Bulldog. He's already a Georgia Bulldog. I think he's going to be an Atlanta Falcon, and I think he's going to have a nice long 10-plus year stretch with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's going to be awesome. So, Justin Fields at four. That's how the whole Kyle Pitts thing starts. Five is kind of up for interpretation. It's like, what do you believe is the most important thing for, for, um, for Joe Burrow? Well, the fans... They want Joe Burrow to have some protection, 
uh, to have some protection and some weapons. And if the Bengals are smart at all, they'll say to themselves, well, hold on a minute, guys. We actually can get some other wide receivers kind of later on in the draft, especially in the second round. We can get another offensive weapon. What we can't do is we can't get a Panea Sewell or a Sean Slater in the, in the later parts of this, of this draft. So I think here's how this kind of goes. This could happen. I, I don't know if this will, but this could happen. I think this is how this kind of how, how this may or may not work, right? With Panea Sewell and Rashawn Slater, I think the Bengals, whoever they have higher, I think they take whoever they have higher and just say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to protect our quarterback, who's our best player on our football field, and we're just going to protect him. And that's what our that's what we're going to do. We're not going to make this make a dumbass decision. We're going to make a smart ass decision. We're going to protect Joe Burrow, who got hurt this year, kind of because he was not protected. We're going to make sure he's He's upright, and he can play for 10 to 15 years and be awesome for the Bengals. I think that's what's going to happen. And in the Dolphins, it's just up for interpretation. It's like, you know, do, how much do they? It's it's exactly with the Bengals, you know. Obviously, the Dolphins are drafting at number six. Bengals at five. Atlanta at four. Back to number six with the Dolphins. It's with the Dolphins. It's like, how how much do you like your tight end, Kaseki? And more importantly than that, how much do you like your wide receivers? Because you, you just got Will Fuller and you already have Devontae Parker. But you also have Gusecki, who apparently you like a lot. Like Gusecki a lot. Do you like Will Fuller enough to essentially say, to yourself, you know what, guys? We don't really want. We don't really want to go out and get another wide receiver. We want to help out our our quarterback, so we'll get another offensive lineman in Rashawn Slater. Because remember, a couple of years ago, literally had the worst offensive line in the NFL. Do you want to bolster up that offensive line and get Rashawn Slater, or or? Do you want to go out and do you want to get another weapon? And that could be also Kyle Pitts. And that could be also Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The answer to that question is I don't really know. It's kind of, you know, you know, number six is kind of the wild card here. I kind of thought Atlanta was the wild card, but to me, it's simple. It's like if you're if you're fourth overall and you're Atlanta, you take Justin Fields, you sit him a year behind Matt Ryan, and you just say, hey, we just selected a guy who's going to be a, a 10-year starter for us, and he's going to learn behind Matt Ryan, and he's going to learn our, our offense with Arthur Smith as our new head coach, and that's what we're going to do. That's the game plan. That's what you do if you're Atlanta. I think... You do, I think you get an offensive lineman for Joe Burrow. Because it's like he got hurt because he didn't have an offensive lineman. And I think when it comes to the Dolphins, I think I think, I think, think they're one of the teams that could steal Kyle Pitts. They, they like Gusecki. They like him a lot. But again, it's like, how much do you like Gusecki? Do you like him enough to say, hey, we're going to pass Kyle Pitts? Or do you say, hey, we... We don't like him that much. We're going to take Kyle Pitts. And better yet, it's like, do you like Jamar Chase? How much do you like Jamar Chase? Because essentially, I mean, at this point in the draft, three three quarterbacks were taken, and uh, four technically because he would be going to Georgia, Justin Fields, and then an offensive tackle. So no wide receivers are on the, are, are taken off the board. 
So one of these guys is going to go to one of these teams. You're the Dolphins. Do you get another wide receiver for Tua, or do you get an offensive lineman? I don't know. It's going to be interesting, very interesting, because I think if you told me about a, a week, two weeks ago, before they had made that blockbuster trade, it's like, yeah, Dolphins are taking a wide receiver. I don't know who, but they're taking a wide receiver. Now it's like, I don't know. You got options if you're the Dolphins. Let me plug in my computer first. Hold on. Need to be recharged. All right, back. All right, cool. Boom. We're back. <clears throat> so, going past the Dolphins, right? In a lot of these mock drafts that I did, Number eight, the Carolina Panthers were one of the teams that was kind of like one of those one of those teams that was kind of like one of those fringe te- not, maybe not one of those fringe teams, but it was the Carolina Panthers were one of those teams that selected Kyle Pitts as well, right? And the reason why you may ask me, well, twenty four, you mentioned four, five, six, and eight. Dallas, I forgot to mention where Dallas is drafting. Dallas is drafting tenth overall, four, five, six, and eight. We talked about one through three. What about? Seven and nine. All right, let's talk about seven and nine. So, reason why seven, the seventh and ninth um, teams aren't going to get Kyle Pitts, in my opinion, simply put, because they're Detroit and they're the Broncos. Detroit is an interesting football team because they have Dan Campbell and they have Brad Holmes. Detroit just spent an eighth overall pick on a guy in, for example, um, what was his name? Um, what was his freaking name? I forgot his name. TJ Hawkinson. There we go. That's who they spent their eighth overall pick. So likelihood of them spending another pick on a tight end so early is doubtful, especially when it's like they could potentially draft another quarterback or another wide receiver because they don't really have a number one wide receiver. It's like they kind of need one, so maybe that you could see Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, et cetera, et cetera, going to them at number seven overall, which is why I'm like, I'm, I'm a little, I, I think they would be more inclined to draft a wide receiver over, for example, a tight end, right, at number seven. So that's why I'm like, seven isn't going to do it. And, and the mock drafts are like, yeah, seven, the Detroit Lions, they're not going to pick up a tight end. But then ninth overall is the Denver Broncos, and essentially they are also like, the Detroit Lions, except instead of needing a wide receiver like Detroit, they need a quarterback. So you could potentially see the Broncos taking a quarterback and or maybe Patrick Sertain. And the reason why you could see them potentially taking Patrick Sertain is because they don't necessarily have a bunch of awesome corners. Now, they signed Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller in free agency, so that could maybe be you know some replacements. I don't know necessarily if Ronald Darby plays on the outside. I think he may be an inside guy, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I know a lot about Ronald Darby. Let me kind of... Ronald Darby. Which position does he play? Which position? I think he plays outside, right? I'm not sure. Ronald Darby... Let me look. He's 5'11", so I think he does play outside. So, yeah. I think he's going to play outside. 
and so is um, I, I know he's like the Eagles corner, but I, I'm like, he's 5'11. I'm like, okay, it looks like he's going to play outside for the Broncos. I was like, Ronald Darby going to play outside. And then you're going to have Kyle Fuller as well, playing outside as well. So it seems like they have their outside guys. And the reality is, Kyle Fuller, or the reality is they don't need a, a, another corner. So, and they also don't need a tight end. And they also don't need a wide receiver. They need a quarterback. We'll kind of see if they're going to get a quarterback. They have the ability to. They have the ability to get a wide receiver. The Broncos, but they probably won't. We'll see. Um, so, and, and then it's like, then obviously, you know, seven, eight, se- not seven, eight, seven, nine, they're probably not going to get Kyle Pitts because they already have the, uh, the offense. They already have tight ends. Eight, with Carolina, I think it's smoke. I think it's smoke with Kyle Pitts going to Carolina. There's like no way that Kyle Pitts is going to Carolina. And it's like they need they need an offensive um they need offensive help with the Carolina Panthers, especially after losing Curtis Samuel. They need more specifically a wide receiver. I think they could go there, but at the same token, I think they're gonna freaking draft a quarterback. Jake Tapper, I talked about it early in the offseason. He had packaged a um, with the GM of the Carolina Panthers. He had talked about, hold on. Sorry about that. He had talked about how, not talked about, excuse me, but um, Jake Tapper had essentially had created a package with the GM to essentially trade, I think, three first-round draft picks plus Christian McCaffrey. It was either two first-round draft picks plus Christian McCaffrey and like another third rounder or something like that for Deshaun Watson, which makes a lot of sense. But considering all of that, Jake Tapper really wants a quarterback because he understands just how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Finally, somebody gets it. Thank God. And it's like, I think Jake Tapper, you may see Carolina move up in the draft, to be honest with you, and or just take a quarterback, whoever is left, whether it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones or whomever, or maybe even trading back in the draft because they're just like, yeah, we'll just take one in the second round and he'll uh, he'll play or not play, but we'll wait for um, for Teddy or he'll, he'll wait for a year. He'll be developed for a year and then we'll play him maybe a year or two out. And that's what they're probably going to do. Would not surprise me. And then at 10th overall, because seven and nine, they both have tight ends. They don't really need tight ends. And we already addressed that Atlanta, uh, this is more of a want than a need. Maybe not a want than a need. This is just me saying that they would probably want a quarterback and they're probably done with Matt Ryan and they would probably love to have Justin Fields, especially because he's from freaking Georgia. Um, They would probably take Justin Fields and then Cincinnati would take a – Cincinnati would take an offensive lineman and then the Dolphins are kind of that wild card team that it's like they have wide receivers and they have a tight end that they all like and then it's like you can maybe get Jamar Chase or you can maybe maybe Jalen Waddle would kind of be in play as well Jalen Waddle Devontae Smith etc cetera, etc cetera. and then it's like sixth and then I think maybe you would have teams phone calling the teams in the top like the teams at seven eight and nine for their spots, I think the Broncos could be a perfect spot 
for maybe the Eagles to come up and say, hey, we want Kyle Pitts. And then they leap in front of the Dallas Cowboys, and then Dallas still takes Patrick Sertain because the um, the Falcons got um, uh, Justin Fields, and then the Bengals got <clears throat> the Bengals got uh, an offensive lineman, and then the Dolphins they got Jamar Chase, and then Detroit they may have gotten somebody, maybe it was Patrick Sertain or another wide receiver like Devontae Smith. And then at eighth overall, Carolina got another quarterback. Ninth overall, the Broncos traded down and then out of the top 10 and maybe have gotten it, given that pick to like, for example, the Eagles, the Giants, somebody like that. And the Eagles and the Giants would have to give up a first round draft pick or something similar to that. And so then, you know, the Eagles and the Giants would get Kyle Pitts at nine, but maybe probably they don't do that. Probably, maybe they do that, I'm not sure. But probably they don't do that, or at least I'm hoping they don't do that. And then Kyle Pitts would fall to Dallas at 10th overall. It's a whole lot of, like, explanation and running through simulations, but that's kind of, like, how my brain works. It's, like, a lot of, like, stuff that you would want to happen would have to happen, and, like, some luck would have to happen. Like, maybe the, um, maybe the, uh, the Dolphins are like, yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take somebody else. We'll take Jamar Chase to pair with Jalen, or not Jalen, but Tua. Or maybe did I say pair with Jalen with Tua? Excuse me. I meant to say pair Kyle Pitts with Tua. I guess my brain is not working very well today. But yeah, that's essentially the goal. That's essentially the plan. Maybe not the plan. But that would essentially be what would happen with Jalen Hurts. Maybe not Jalen Hurts, excuse me, but with Tua Tagovailoa. Oh my God, not Tua Tagovailoa, but with Kyle Pitts, excuse me. <clears throat> Potentially. All right. Talked about Rousseau, talked about Caleb Farley, talked about Kyle Pitts potentially becoming a Dallas Cowboy. What else do I got? What else do I got? <clears throat> I got a lot. But I'm like, I'm kind of like debating on whether or not I should talk about it now. Or... Should I save it for tomorrow? I will save it for tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast out on the entire internet. So excited for tomorrow. <laughs> As I just, I'm like, I'm like, should I save it for tomorrow? I got, I got, I, listen, I got a lot of irons burning in the furnace. And um, I kind of just want to go to sleep. It's like midnight. It's one of the first podcasts that I'll be able to actively go to sleep at a proper time. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot wait for tomorrow's podcast. Cannot wait for the weekend's podcast. Cannot wait, ladies and gentlemen, for, um, what was it? For, uh, what was it? For uh, the uh, the NCAA Women's National Championship. And also, I'll probably watch the men's as well. Ladies, and also, ooh, My Hero Academia is going to come out. Is it out yet? New episode out? When is it out? Is it out on midnight? I don't know how Japanese, how Japan works. I don't know how this works. I got my Hulu subscription. 
I did not cancel it. Hulu, they did it again. They worked their magic on me again. Yes, I'm, I'm literally typing in My Hero Academia. I got to figure it out. I got to see if they have their... <gasps> Airs tomorrow at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> Very excited. I don't know if you can tell. Very excited for My Hero Academia. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, I will see you tomorrow. I will be fresh off of watching My Hero Academia. Ladies and gentlemen, great podcast coming up for you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you to, to uh, thank you for subscribing, all that good stuff. If you like this podcast, you can always find the links for this podcast in the description on your favored, favored, favorite podcasting outlet. I don't really know the description, or not the description, but how to say it. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, pretty much where you can find any podcast. You can find my podcast, 24's Podcast. I will be watching like a couple of episodes of the Looney Tunes show. I, I still, I'm on that Pokemon Dark Rising grind. I'm still on it. I want to watch an episode or two of the Looney Tunes show. It's one of my favorite TV shows when I was a teenager. It's an awesome TV show. It's an awesome new rendition of the Looney Tunes show. I hate the Merry Melodies. I, I don't like it a lot. I don't like those. Don't like them. But I do like the Roadrunner sketches and stuff like that. But ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.